This was a Brain Freeze podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Tess. Uh, You can also call me Tess if you like. This is the second to last episode of OCD ever, ever, ever. Um, And this is the last comic book review on OCD ever, ever as well. Um, It is, it is, what is it? Sweet but sour? Sad but good? Uh, You'll find out. Um, I'll find out too, I guess. (laughs) oh man all right what are we doing here okay all right so today yeah today you guys uh, I've got one of my faves he has been a guest on here many a time on OCD and I was just telling him just now I was like hey this is the last comic book review and he was like yay it's all mine and I was like you know what it is so appropriate because he was our first guest ever and he was my first guest solo hosting so it really makes sense that he helps me close out the comic book review podcast of this show he is the fabulous the marvelous the magical John Spees I told you Tess you'll never get rid of me <laughs> i just kind of linger but I am, I am absolutely honored to be on and on the penultimate episode of ocd yes yes this is this is the last review it's crazy i almost feel a little emotional about it i mean i know that i left the show um in december and then i came back and all that blah 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 blue 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 but um it's actually kind of real and um I have to make room for this new awesome project coming up that I'm totally going to announce next episode, which the last episode also happens to be the 100th episode, which is really awesome and just kind of mysteriously aligned. Mm -hmm. But uh, I am, I just know that like, I'm a person that loves projects and loves to take on many projects as you know, (laughs) you know me and you're like, what's, what is Tess doing now? I'm sure, I'm sure you think that, but, or maybe you don't, but um, I know that in order for me to have a sane, uh, execution of a project I have to make room for it I mean right we only have so much room in our brain space you know you know what that's like you're an artist yes yes I'm honestly I'm I'm shocked I'm able to function ever (laughs) right I know you're on you're on freaking blast from our past podcast and throwback trivia takedown and blast from our past is um it's freaking uh once a week that's crazy and then trivia takedowns twice a month it's, no, that one's once a week as well. Dude, yeah. that's so crazy. And you're a dad, and just yeah. that's nuts. Yeah, and I'm going yeah. to school, and, and all of that just <laughs> lends itself to chaos. Hey, but but I think you love it a little bit, right? I, I do. I, I enjoy it. Good. Good, good, good. I'm so I love glad. the creative process. Yeah, absolutely. It's what, it's what fuels you, and it's not until you list out that stuff sometimes where you're like, whoa, I'm doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. And even on top of that, you're still thinking of more projects, right? Yeah. I mean, right now I've, I've got at least one or two more additional podcasts I'm thinking about doing and then trying to, you know, wake myself up being like, really, you don't have time to do this, but I really want to do it. But, you know, it's one of those situations. (laughs) It's uh, the, um, the artist's mind. We just, it just keeps, they just keep coming. The the ideas, man. Yep. Uh, What do you do with them? You can't stop it. You can't and don't, you know, who knows? You might have one golden one and that's the one that takes you to the moon, as they say, right? Well, what, what comic are we reviewing today, John? Well, I've been bugging you about this one for a long time. Mm -hmm, So I'm very glad that you finally acquiesced and said, okay, fine. You can come back (laughs) on and we'll talk about it. You didn't say it like that. You were very sweet. Um, I have been uh, hoping to get you to read uh, Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death. Yes, this was a good one, dude. And you have been asking me, and it just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's funny how it aligned that you were the last comic book review, so you know what? Whatever. Um, <laughs> it worked out. But, yeah, oh my gosh, can I just say that I didn't put this comic down. Like, I, mm-hmm. I read it all the way through. It's so good. It is very, very good. How did you find out about it? You just came, just came across it randomly? Yeah, so... Um, you know, if you, if you've heard me on this show, you know, I've kind of, I'd started my, my, uh, journey of sort of rediscovering, you know, old thing, you know, old comics that I missed during the times when I wasn't reading. Well, a f- couple of years ago, I guess at this point, um, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I want to read something that's newer. 
So I think this would have been about 2019 or 18, whenever I discovered this. I basically looked up what were the best uh, trade paperbacks or graphic novels of the year before. Mm, so I wanted to read okay. some, and this was one of the ones that come up. And um, I've I've recently started to get into reading more DC. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm honestly not that impressed with what Marvel's putting out comic book wise, but that's mm. that's neither here nor there. Mm. Um, and so I was like, oh, Poison Ivy got her own book. That <laughs> sounds really really interesting. And then come to find out, it's it was her first solo book. Oh, I didn't realize it was her first solo book. Yep, it was the first solo uh, book that she ever had. Wow, man, well-deserved, finally. Shoot. Yep, Dang. and much like you, I saw it on the list. I said, okay, I'll pick it up, picked it up, and didn't put it down until I finished the whole thing. See, yeah, and wh- like, why do you think that is? What What makes it so captivating? Well, I mean... I mean, you can cite things like the artwork, and the artwork is very good in this one. And and for a character that can be over-sexualized, I feel like they did a pretty good job of kind of keeping the sensual side of Poison Ivy, because that is kind of part of her character, but not like going all out like, you know, NC-17 style with it. As they've done before in comic books. Absolutely. Um, But it was... was Amy Chu's writing. It was so compelling all the way through. I just wanted to know what was going to happen. In fact, uh, as soon as I put this book down, I went back to the comic book store and I was like, okay, what's next after this? And they're like, no, I think this was just a one shot. And I was like, you can't be sad because I want to know what happens to, you know, we'll talk about the characters at the end when they kind of go. And it's like, what what happened to them? And we don't, we don't know. And, and that's they said it, that, and that's the thing too. You said it perfectly. You just kept wanting to go on and on and on. And at the end of every single issue, she would leave you on such a hook, and you're like, "Well, I can't put this down." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into it. So we can talk about these characters. Sure. So this is Poison Ivy: Cycle of Life and Death. Um, the art and cover is by Clayman, and it looks like Clayman has done a lot of X Men comics. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, and then it's written by Amy Chu. She's done DC Festival of Heroes, Heroes, the Asian Superhero Celebration, Sensational Wonder Woman, um, this whole comic book series, obviously. Um, and this this came out in 2008, uh, excuse me, 2016. Mm-hmm. It has eight issues, wait, six issues in this comic here. Uh, such a bummer. It's the only volume. Mm-hmm. I I, I was looking through Google myself. I was like, yeah, if we go to this, I was telling John, I was like, if we go to the comic book shop, we got to pick it up. We got to pick up the next one. And um, lo and behold, they're like, oh, you mean like the, like the second issue? Or like, and I'm like, no, no, second volume in Google. And it's like, the second issue? And I'm like, shit, <laughs> what do you mean? No. Oh, it's so good. Um, but let's read this summary real quick so everybody sure. knows what the heck we're talking about. Life, death, poison ivy has power over both. But can't she keep her friends and hold down a regular job at the same time? As Dr. Pamela Isley, she joins the prestigious plant sciences department at Gotham Botanical Gardens. But things quickly get complicated when a fellow scientist is murdered and it looks like the work of ivy. Don't miss the start of this new six-issue series. Man, oh man. Okay, so poison ivy, out of the gate. We've got, she's the doctor. She's not even Ivy right away. She's the doctor right away. And we're introduced to her doing this grand experiment, not experiment, just like observation of these, this, this plant that she finds in the desert. Mm -hmm. It's a zillion years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And okay. So this plant that she finds in the desert, she transplants it back to the Gotham Botanical Gardens and she intends to create, can you tell me what she creates? It's insane. She creates life. Life. What? What? I mean, what? That's a first, right? Yeah. And that's, which I found interesting and probably a side of Poison Ivy we'd never really seen because, you know, to her, ever, you know, from what, you know, what little I have seen of her in, in other books and stuff like that. And that was the other reason why I picked this one up because as she was a character, I knew very little about other than right. just from like the cartoons or the movies and stuff like that, um, you know, she sees plant life as her children, and then all of a sudden she wants to create her own children. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it is a plant 
sort of plant-human hybrid, kind of like her. You know, she right. she wants someone like her. Right. Talk about crazy plant lady. <laughs> this is it. She needs so, that mug. Yeah. So she's yeah. able to to do it. Uh, creates two children, and I cannot remember the, the name of the first two children. Rose and Hazel. That's it. Rose and Hazel. Yeah, and they they are definitely hybrids. They have like um. Oh, well, we get to Thorn later on, but they kind of they kind of look like plant like just a little bit, but they're definitely babies. Yeah. Uh, and but before this, because the whole thing is about is really about Ivy and I, which I my biggest takeaway was how Ivy deals with motherhood, which mm-hmm. is really yes amazing because she is a, I mean, did she ever she was been to Arkham? I don't know if, mm-hmm. at this point. I just assume she's been to Arkham. She's done she's killed many a people mm-hmm. <laughs> she's best friend slash girlfriends with harley quinn and this is the first time we're seeing her be so humbled and humble even prior to being a mother by motherhood but also what's happening to a project that she's very dedicated to at the botanical gardens yes and gra- granted i mean it's ivy so it's kind of for a selfish reason that she's doing this she's right. you know she's working on it for her own thing but she's she's using the opportunity to use the facilities that they have and seems to be trying to keep it professional she she yeah. wants this to happen and so she she's trying to kind of turn over a new leaf and you kind of get that at the beginning uh when Har- uh, when harley quinn shows up and kind of you know it's like what are you doing you know yeah. why are you doing this? She's like, I, I'm. I, this is something I really want to do. Yeah. And then Harley gets into a fight, of course. But of course. And then she leaves, and she's yep. and she's gone. She comes in for a quick little cameo, and then she's gone. Yep. Yeah. And then exactly, and like these these murders start to happen where um, I think it's Louisa who's one of her like colleagues. Yeah, it's one of her aunt. one of her coworkers. Yeah. You kind of meet her at the in the in the first issue is kind of like like probably her best friend at work it's her best work friend the person she's closest with right and that's saying a lot because they also show that ivy is very very alone Mm -hmm. she has a whole moment where she's like nobody understands me but my plant children um i nobody you know whatever whatever she goes on this this lonely walk and it just it's like it's like you said before it's so many shades of ivy that we've never seen before Mm-hmm. And and it's cool, and that's why we wanted it to keep going because we're like, <laughs> and then what happens? Exactly. <laughs> um, so these murders start to take place. It's just a couple at a time, and what happens is you find these doctors on the ground, and they kind of they're just kind of green looking, and they have all the life kind of sucked out of them, and um, so it starts this investigation, and there's these detectives that come in, and, and obviously everything really does point to Ivy, and she's like, look, I kill people, but I didn't kill these people, okay? <laughs> um, but I like the transition of what you were saying before of, like, the hypersexuality that we do usually get with Ivy. We definitely weren't getting it here. We're getting more of, I mean, definitely she had, like, the short green dress. She had mm-hmm. the, her, like, they had the sexy angles looking up at her. But at no point did you feel like this was about how sexy she was. It was... I am Ivy now, and now I'm going to do my Ivy thing, and mm-hmm. I just happen to be super hot at the same time. <laughs> yeah, she just she just happens to be a very good-looking woman yeah. who's doing this job. Um, and he, you do, I mean, it, you, it could be seen as a little bit much. There's kind of a scene in the beginning where when she first gets back to her apartment, she kind of un, or disrobes mm-hmm. um, as she's walking through, but... The takeaway I got from it, and maybe I'm thinking too much on it, is that it's really, it's sort of like when you have a baby, there's a lot of Im- there's a lot of uh, impact they say on like skin to skin connection, and mm-hmm. so she just kind of comes in and is like wrapping herself up in her plants, and so mm-hmm. I kind of saw that as someone who watched my wife go through you know birth and motherhood twice so far, mm-hmm. um, I just saw that as that's how she's she has that closeness to the plants. That's a, I love that. I love that a lot. I didn't pick up on that at all. And you're absolutely right. Cause she just walks in and then I think that's when she starts to have the, the plant starts to have birth with her hybrid babies. Mm-hmm. 
pretty much soon after that. And then we meet these kids and they're they're just like, I don't know, they're like these little things, these little specimens. We don't even know what they are as a viewer. So like there's several elements happening at the same time. And I don't know. I don't even know where to like go from here or what really <laughs> to like talk about. I'm like, I love it all. But um, I love I think I'm going to talk about as I talked about this earlier, just the motherhood of, hood of her and mm-hmm. skipping forward a little bit. Because, like, most of these issues is just, like, introducing this is Ivy at home, this is Ivy at work, this is Ivy at home, this is Ivy at work, this is her as a mom, this is Ivy at work, this is blah, blah, blah. right? So it, go, it bounces back and forth, and you're able to see those mini dynamics. But my favorite is the motherhood part where she, they grow up. It's, um, well, it's Rose and Hazel and Thorn who we meet who actually is, so Thorn is this little kid that they find in this vent, um, spoiler alert, sorry, y'all, and <laughs> She is being experimented on because the people at the botanical gardens or the whatever institute, they're basically making plant children like Ivy was taking all of her experience um, and all experiments, all of her research and trying to create more and more and more life. And they finally have success and it creates thorn and they're experimenting on her. But she also has these magical abilities like Ivy does to create havoc to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> so she what does she do so she touches them and it makes them become like wood branches kind of yeah i think it kind of turns them into plants i'm trying yeah. to remember we skipped ahead a little bit so i'm but it's but that's what we think is killing everybody off but it's actually not killing everybody off so the big big like the other cameo that I love about this is that Catwoman is in this as well. And she mm-hmm. comes in to help Ivy go back to the lab and figure out who stole her research or just like what, just help her with these murders kind of a thing. And I really loved it because there was a moment where Catwoman comes in and she sees this like photo strip of Ivy and um, Harley and her. They're like, you know, it's like they're in the photo booth and they're having fun. And it just, there's moments where Ivy realizes that she's not completely alone, even though she has like a selective group of friends. Um, but anyway, they go on this, they go to the lab and they find what's going on and trying to figure out where the research is because, and then through that, they realize that Ivy's research is being exploited and um, it is being used for not, I mean, science is used for good, we say, but sometimes when it, when life comes into play, I mean, it was a little harmful how much life they were trying to create. They mm-hmm. were, they were killing off um, these specimens as well. But um, what did you think of just like the research itself? Like, did you think that the science were totally exploiting what they knew did they think, do you think that they were just to take Ivy's research and make it into their own? Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately it was for a selfish, selfish reason. Um, the director, who is like the second one to die, and then, I mean, this is going to be full of spoilers because it's kind of hard to talk about <laughs> what happens early without knowing what happens at right. the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Turns out he's the whole reason that her stuff is being stolen is because he's basically trying to make himself immortal Mm -hmm. by turning himself into this sort of plant creature which he does he does he totally does um i know it's like it's i I don't know why i'm finding it so difficult to like talk about without giving it away because everything just the way that amy chu leads out like these breadcrumbs for the reader Mm -hmm is just so engaging you if you know the spoiler you just want to say it and you're like and then there was this giant (laughs) plant guy and he came out in the end and he wanted to be immortal and you know and um i think that's really what it comes from but what was your favorite aspect of of ivy what did you love the most about seeing her what role did you like seeing her step into well i liked the sort of you know i mean i read this because I wanted to, you know, poison Ivy more. And I saw, oh, there's she has her own thing. Um, not knowing, mm-hmm. as far as I know, this is her only solo thing. I don't know if she's ever had anyone else. And um, actually, I kind of want to mention this. I think part of the reason why they decided to include Harley and Catwoman in this is that the three of them, right before this book came out, had just finished up a run called Gotham City Sirens. And where the oh. three of them were the, th- were the three mains in the mm-hmm, story. Mm-hmm. And so I think she was kind of bringing them in 
to kind of harken back to that title. I don't know if she wrote oh. any on that tour on that title or not, um, but I think the three of them were the Gotham City Sirens: Harley, uh, Ivy, and uh, Selena Kyle. Um, That's awesome. But what I really liked was my ability to empathize with her. Right. Because that's right. just not, you know, I mean, she, she is the hero of this book, but we know Poison Ivy. She's not meant to be the hero. And so being able to empathize with her was something new and something I really enjoyed. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't need for her, her to be just the bad guy, you know. And she, you know, she does, she still, she still has hints of that. She, she reacts on instinct a few times, mm-hmm. um, which you kind of expect from her, but... I think this idea of motherhood is really what plays into her change. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and that's also why we want the second, third, fourth, fifth volume <laughs> is because we want to see Ivy mature into worrying about her kids who run away at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. They <laughs> on this mysterious trip and you're, and you're just like, like because okay so there's rose there's hazel there's thorn who we found at the lab and then ivy is like this first time mother they grow up really quickly six months go by and they're basically 16 right yeah and they've been uh, like in quarantine for that long as well and she's just afraid of exposing them to the world because they don't understand so she just she fights with letting her kids go and be who they are in six months time. <laughs> like you're not ready yet, but yeah. Uh, right. Well, it also, I think, I mean, first of all, she, she has that motherly instinct throughout this because she doesn't want her kids to go anywhere. She wants to keep them safe. And right. I know that's tough for kids that, you know, we were all teenagers once where we wanted to be free and now we're older and we're like, Oh, the world really is scary. You know, mm-hmm. and I struggle with it. Uh, with it now i've got uh, two kids my oldest is 11 he'll be 12 soon and just this past weekend he went on his first camping trip with his boy scout troop and neither my wife or i were there uh-huh. and so that that's a little scary because you know he was way up where i had no contact with him mm-hmm. and i didn't know what was going on and and so you it, that's a hard thing to let go um and it's especially i think hard for ivy who really likes to be alone Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And has yeah. you know, I mean, despite having you know, it's very well known that, that she and Harley have a very good friendship. Um, but I think ultimately Ivy ha- doesn't team up that often. Right, and now she has her little team of kiddos, and I mean, I'm sure you know when you have your kiddos and you and your wife, you guys feel like a little team, like a unit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right, and so that when one one goes off you're like oh man are they okay you're thinking about them and like yeah this is totally new for her so she's like six months in and she's invested in these in these kiddos and she doesn't even know how to deal with it herself i mean she has nobody to really talk to and confide in she has no mothers to you know to be like hey what do i do if my kids go out so there is this moment where Rose, Hazel, and Thorn, they all leave while Ivy is asleep and they sneak out to try to hang out in the world and they go to this club. And what happens at the club, John? Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. Because <laughs> they, don't, they don't know how to react in the world. Mm-hmm. And they, anything they've seen of the world, they've seen on television, most likely mm-hmm. anyway. And so they don't know how to, how to interact with the world. The world does not know how to interact with them. Um, and, you know, they're they're honestly probably too young to be going to a club anyway mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> six th- months is way too young to be going to a club <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not enough life experience um, right and you know b- bad people try to do things and they insert their powers because they've got them um, but they don't know how to to do it in the way you know because they need to be discreet because that's bringing attention to them and then ivy basically has to come in and be the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like ground them. Yeah. Ground them. You're grounded. You're going into this plant cave that I made for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there also is this other sidekick guy. I forget his name, but he works at the lab. He has purple hair, the spiky hair dude. And he, he, I forgot his name. It's like Dashel or something, but yeah. he becomes part of their unit as well. Just kind of like as a friendship. And he realizes it is Ivy and he kind of 
is that mediator between Ivy and her kids where he can look at Ivy and be like, yo, calm down. Like, it's going to be okay. And look at the kids and be like, yo, that's your mom. Like, <laughs> be good kids. You know, the uh, first time I read this, I kind of saw him as an unnecessary character. It's like, why is he even in here? And then I think the second time through, which I will say, the way that Amy Chu writes it, going through the second time, knowing what happens, you see the breadcrumbs ahead of time of what she's doing. You read it again, you're like, oh, yeah, she's she's hinting to this, or she, you know, we're seeing yeah. we're seeing all the clues that we didn't we couldn't tell. You know, we couldn't see the big picture the first time, but the second time you already know the big picture. Now you're looking at the details. Um, yeah. I think the second time I read through it as exactly what kind of what you said i see him as the he is the link between ivy and the real world for the girls because she's not a normal person she's had this life that she leads of criminal activities and whatnot but you know plants are her focus and these these girls just want to experience the world as any kid does they just want to try everything and see all the new things and so he is the only one who's really lived the normal life quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so he is kind of like the, the the link, the bridge between the real world and Ivy's world. Right, exactly. And do you think that Ivy is scared that her girls will end up like her, like a murderous criminal villain? I like to think so, yes. I like to think that mo- that any good parent wants their child to be better than them. Sure, sure, sure. So, sure. Yeah. you, know, I, you know, that's what I strive strive for <laughs> especially you know i tell my kid no you can't have that candy but you're eating candy I'm like, yes but i'm an adult and i know <laughs> i know the mistake i'm making and i'm trying to keep you from making the mistake <laughs> that i'm making right now right <laughs> uh it's like it's like this this story is it is when you talk about it it is so short in a way because mm. everything intertwined is all of these scenes where Ivy's talking to herself a lot and she's questioning what she's feeling about everything that's happening when it goes from the murders to being mom and you start to like wonder like it's it just had so much I know I keep saying it and we keep harping on it but like there was so much potential for more to happen like Mm -hmm. did these girls become like Ivy did they meet Aunt Harley (laughs) you know (laughs) will they ever meet Batman like so many questions I, we can only hope that uh, Amy Chu still has ideas up in her head of how oh, where that was supposed to go. Yeah, she knew um, where she was going. I'm so curious what would be next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I did like. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead on you. Please. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I'm jumping all over the place. Go ahead. Well, I like. I've always liked that, um, and I don't see them come to. And I'm sure they have more often. But I mm-hmm. like that we get an appearance from Swamp Thing. Because yes. they both kind of li- they both kind of live through this sort of like the green, what they call it, the green, which oh, is like the, the plant energy, the life energy of, of the earth, of the plants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know he's and he comes in to aid her because th- you know, he recognizes what's going on because they end up facing who was the the doctor the Grimley Doctor Grimley yeah whatever his name was who yeah um, the one who ended up stealing her research and then using it to create turn himself into sort of uh, kind of a super swamp thing type of monster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, swamp thing is definitely more in touch with what is the green. And because for, for me, what I see them as is they are the two sides of the green. Poison mm-hmm. Ivy is the evil. Swamp thing is the, is the good essentially, even though swamp thing can be a little, you know, rough at times, rough around the edges. They're the two side, the dichotomy of the green. And so I liked seeing them together. Yeah. And I think I that's, that's perfectly said because I think that Swamp Thing sees the good in Ivy. Mm-hmm. Even at the end, he leaves her with a warning, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was just like, be careful. Like, you have to let them fly. Like, just just be careful in how you use the green. I think it was what it was. Mm-hmm. But like, the green is, and they even added it in there for the viewers who don't know, excuse me, the readers who don't know what the green is, is... You're a nerd. It's like the force. <laughs> right. And there's also the red, which is in Animal Man, 
which is the the animals and the meat and the mammals and stuff like that. So there's the green and the red. And it was cool how just like Ivy wasn't even touching any green. She just was. She empowered all of this green within her, quote, the force. She mm-hmm. empowered the force. She embraced the force. She just like closed her eyes and it, in these like green bubbly captions, she just, she talked to it. She was like, I need help. I need help or just guidance or something and then and then swamp thing hurt her like the biggest part of the green the the mm-hmm. green showed up <laughs> yeah right which is spectacular i love that he showed up there's so many awesome cameos sometimes i feel like dc does this thing where they bring in cameos and you're like um did we need scarecrow here like this right. this isn't a pr- right is it necessary right but Amy Chu had a beautiful way of just sewing all of these cameos together. We have Harley in the beginning, who's there to show us how much I, in this specific book, because whenever Poison Ivy and Harley are together, it's like you said before, pure chaos. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's something that happens. It's something that Harley, she, Harley, like Harley's yes man is Ivy. And Ivy is also, like Harvey brings out, the the bad in Ivy, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's like when they're together, they're just like these twins of chaos. Things things happen. But when she shows up on the scene, she makes Harley look crazier than she already is. As right. in, she's more normal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm doing my work. Leave me alone. And she's right. like, shit. All right, I'll leave. Right? Yeah. So it, we already set up knowing that it's going to be a different kind of comic. Yeah. And and then the next one is Catwoman, who I just love Catwoman. I feel like whenever she comes on the scene, she's there to help. Even though she's evil, she's right. there as like a, a help. You know what I mean? I don't ever I think I've come to the conclusion that I don't ever see Catwoman as evil. I see her as selfish. Okay. Which doesn't okay. necessarily have to be considered evil per se. because um, she always she she never seems to be out for the evil thing she's not out to dominate the world she's never out to destroy something she's there for some sort of selfish reason um, and while that is not necessarily good it's also not necessarily evil which is why we can have like a, a catwoman batman relationship in some of these books because batman although he is inherently good sometimes he does some things that cross the line and so they're more sort of middle of the road than any other two characters. So to me, that sort of thing makes sense. Um, yeah. Which actually was one of the reasons why I really liked when Swamp Thing showed up. And now at the end of the book, I was like, well, now I want a Poison Ivy Swamp Thing team up. Yeah. But like, I need, I need like a six or seven issue run of that. Yes. We were onto something. Yes. DC, we were bringing it back. Yes. Call Amy Chu. Let's get this happening. I need this yeah. story. We need this now. What happens? What happens? Um, so at the end, they just, they don't really wrap it up. They just, uh, the three girls, they go off and onto a train and Ivy doesn't know that they're gone and they're with their, their purple headed friend, Dashiell or something, <laughs> the, the mediator between the two. Yeah. And he said, I knew that you would leave whether you had my help or not. So I'm going to give you a ride to the station and you know, give you a few words of wisdom out in the world. Call me when you get there. And all they tell him is that they're leaving on a mysterious trip south. Yeah. That's it. And that was this was the point when I drove right back to my comic book store and I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. What's the next thing? And they're like, nothing. And I'm like, you can't leave me like this. You can't <laughs> leave me like this. Okay, so if we were to write it, let's write it, John. Oh, what do geez. you think the next issue would be? All right, so they're I on the train. I wish I was a writer. You uh, are. You are. Me. <laughs> Um, okay, they're on the train. They get to their destination south. What could possibly be south that's green? Well, I mean, depends on how far south they're going. I mean, if we're if we're so assuming, I'm I can't remember. I'm pretty sure this is in Gotham. Yeah, they're in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Gotham. I'm if I'm understanding this right, it's supposed to be somewhere around where Baltimore is. Okay. In on the map of the Earth, um, I mean, south could be as far south as. The Amazon, which is the ultimate green for them to Ooh, go, yeah. Um, yeah. or you know the 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 southern swamps of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, that sort of thing. If they're trying to keep it, if you know, if they want to keep it just there, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, if they're if they're trying to connect with the green, which I would hope that 
we would we would see them start to kind of get the sort of the calling of the green is maybe that they're ultimately being drawn down to the Amazon. Right. And we get a series of their adventures as they make their way south, you know, crossing crossing the U.S. border into Mexico and then going into Central America. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things that could happen with, you know, bandits and political crap and mm-hmm. just all sorts of things that would have been great stories to tell. Um, yeah. And then while that's happening, Ivy looking for them. Um, yeah, which so could it's be a back and forth. It could, yeah. uh, which you could almost have as a separate series that that parallels that one. Because oh, I don't necessarily yeah. need to have Ivy. I mean, you can if you want to just make it happen quickly. Just show Ivy every so often of her like just missing them or you know being that they were they were here six days ago or whatever. Excuse me. Yeah. <coughs> but I would like to see Ivy's journey finding them. Yeah. And so I like that. and so you can have you can kind of have your you could have your choice that way of knowing what is happening by reading both books or maybe you just want to read Ivy's book and see where it goes or just read what happens with the girls or something like that. I you know, like I said, I'm not I a like writer, that. but that's I I think that would be something that would be have been fun. Um First of all, you are a writer. <laughs> we have had discussions where we pitched some really cool ideas around rift off of cool ideas that you have. First of all, Second, I like that. So Ivy's, so we get this like simultaneous story or two separate stories at least, which you could read at the same time if you'd like. Mm-hmm. And so Ivy is finally getting out of Gotham. Nothing brought her out of Gotham. Like she's been stuck there, right? right. So she's maybe realizing how much power she actually does have, how much of an influence she can have. Mm-hmm. And through that time, she's worrying and worrying, but she's also evolving and evolving because she's realizing like, damn, I got to get out of Gotham more often. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and if, and if she's spent so much time in Gotham, then she's going to be having kind of a similar experience that the Sporlings are having mm-hmm. um, of, you know, new experiences. Although, she, you know, her her power in the green will make ultimately would make the type of things that she would go up against more powerful. Ooh. So you have you have more of a kind of subdued story with the Sporlings. Where the things that they're they're gonna go up against aren't gonna be necessarily like world dominating or that sort of thing, but with Ivy you can touch on things like um, ev- you know the uh, evils against the green. Um, I would love to see her, and I, I'm sure this probably has happened already. Um, there was a storyline for um, I think it was Justice League Dark, where they introduced a character called the Upside Down Man, and he fights the green essentially Whoa. and okay. he's he, he's this weird character where he's literally he's upside down but his his head is only a mouth but the mouth is right side up oh whoa it's creepy Some alice in wonderland shit it's okay. really creepy and which was cool because i'm not really big into horror comics but that series and i'll look up the exact name for you later if you want to ever read it um was really cool and so having her go up against sort of more powerful beings would be a good parallel and then something big has to happen at the end when they get to the amazon um you know another sort of green versus the upside down man or some you know there are much smarter people in the world who could come up with that sort of ending than i have but well it's not i mean it's not about smarter it's just about like imagination so like let's say that the girls are getting down there to the amazon and maybe time has passed and we're at like we either get it in real time where they realize that the Amazon is dying and they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to make it grow itself again or they're being more like environmentalists. And the with three of them combined, they create more chaos than good because they don't realize how much power they have mm-hmm. or they actually do good over time. Or we meet them and five years later and the Amazon is back and flourishing, but they're really like possessive of the Amazon where they like, you know what I mean? It's like green only or, you know, there's mm-hmm. like so many directions they can go with it especially if they're like like i like what you said as well the going south to the swamp are they going to go visit swamp thing did they think he was cool and they wanted like <laughs> they want to hang out with him they want his knowledge they want to know what he knows about the green and they want him to be a mentor you know yeah. it's well, spit, there's so many ways spitballing off your idea um get them to the amazon have them spend time there make them possessive and then make them the enemy make it Ooh. ivy has to kind of like okay now they're out of control now no, now she has to be the mother, but 
she you know she it's her children so how is she how is she going to stop them from doing it maybe she's maybe they are doing more harm than good and they don't yeah. realize it because they're so young relatively speaking mm-hmm. um and so then the battle really becomes between the sporlings and ivy um, yeah. and how does she stop them without obviously hurting them or getting them to realize you know why what they're doing is wrong grounding them yeah them, exactly yeah. Calm down. Literally, literally, literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like that. See, everybody out there listening, see how many different directions this comic book could go. Like, it just, that's how excited we are is that we're trying to come up with what could possibly happen next. So, Amy Chu, if you're listening, or DC Comics, if you're listening, freaking make the second volume. Jesus. I was, was, well, I wouldn't have known this was going to happen, but I was mad at myself because I have like three comic book stores here in town that I frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on kind of like in different parts of the valley. And mm-hmm. one of the ones that I frequent, I was actually, I was like, oh, I want to go there today. No, I won't. And then later, the owner posted a photo of Amy Chu, who had stopped by the no! the store. And I was like, oh, me- I, there's no guarantee I ever would have been there when she was there. But I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Man. Because you could have told her. <laughs> I know. Because in addition to this, she's also she also did a very good run of... Uh, um, uh, Red Sonia, which is another character uh, that I love. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you were, you reviewed that. That was the first comic you ever reviewed on here. Yeah, we did um, uh, Gail Simone's run of it. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh, I'm curious what Amy Chu's is like now because I like her. She's on my list of, of favorite comic writers for sure. Yeah, she's yeah. written some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of other comics, what other comics are you reading right now? What other what other things are you interested in? Um. Well, I actually started uh, a pull box again about six months ago, which I hadn't done in probably decades. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've tried different things. And this is how I kind of know I'm more into the DC stuff right now as far as comics go than Marvel. Because some of the stuff Marvel's putting out, I'm just not loving right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, right now I'm reading uh, the Robin run, which is the Damian Wayne Robin. Um, uh-huh. uh, uh, Nightwing. I'm loving that run. That's a good one. Um, nice. There's a there's another sort of uh, limited series one shot called uh, Justice League Last Ride, which Ooh. is 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 not supposed like much like this. It's not really supposed to be sort of in the main continuity. It's just sort of like a one shot offshoot. Um, but it's it's they they have to face Darkseid, and you at the beginning. What what it's what it's been what's been nice is there's like an air of mystery as to what happened because all you know at the beginning is that the Martian Manhunter is dead and Superman blames Batman for it. Oh shit. And so they're they're trying to get ready to face Darkseid while this is looming over them. Um while they're grieving. Yeah, and oh. cause it's causing tensions and it's actually a really great run. Um so much so that I wish it was in the main continuity. But I know that they're not gonna just kill off Martian Manhunter just on a whim yeah they can't yeah so um i haven't read it yet but actually i've had multiple people tell me that the new swamp thing run is fantastic and i have the issues i just have not uh breached uh reading them yet who wrote it Uh, i don't know off the top of my head i apologize okay no 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 worries i mean yeah this is uh this is an off-topic question um, that's cool because I, uh, I reviewed Swamp Thing on here before and it was the infamous, uh, Moore, uh, Alan he, Moore. He wrote, thank you very much. Yeah. I was going to say Watchmen, Alan yep. Moore. Um, and I liked it, but it was so old school for me yeah. that I was really hard to follow. I, those old comics, I'm like, gosh, where the heck are we? I, I tell you what, um, one thing I found with the older comics is, is yes, they're kind of dense in their writing a lot of the mm-hmm. times and that sometimes they're hard to follow and yeah. I hate to say it. Sometimes they are kind of boring. Yeah. Um, and so I've actually found I've gone back and read a lot of older comics. The other thing is, is they write everything very small in the older mm. comics. Nowadays, the pictures are kind of more closer up. They make the the, the wording a little bit uh, bigger. Uh, and I'm old. I'm 40. <laughs> so uh, actually, I found that I will only read the older comics now on Comixology. So okay. I can zoom in. So I can yes. zoom in, which is a, I'm not going to lie, is a great feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how actually I, I ended up reading uh, a good number of Denny O'Neill's run of The Question, 
which okay. is a fantastic run, but I never would have been able to do it if I just had the physical book. Um, just because everything's kind of small and stuff like that. But having the having the, uh, the online thing, which I will admit, I resisted online comics for the <laughs> longest time because I wanted to on the books. Um, yeah. And I do try to still kind of just get the books to have them uh, mm-hmm. if they're yeah. available, you know, mm-hmm. if certain ones are available. So because I just want to I want to be able to have physical copy and I'm still kind of well, not as much anymore, but I used to be the same way with DVDs where I would still buy a physical copy of DVDs just to have it because you never know when the Internet's yeah. going to go out. Oh my god! You sound like you sound like my husband. He's <laughs> he'll be like, "We got DVDs," and I'm like, "Oh yeah!" Because during an earthquake, everybody's gonna go, "Who's got Independence Day?" And not like, "Who's got water?" You know. But this just it's just me. Well, <laughs> you know, if you got your water and you're yeah. set, you need something to watch. If if you right. got if you got power or some way to battery power or something, yeah. you never know. <laughs> You guys, if anything goes down and you need to be entertained, go to John Spee's house. He <laughs> will have the movies rolling and you'll forget that the world is coming to an end. Is I that got, right? I got comic books ready, whatever you yeah. need. Whatever you need. I love it. I freaking love it. <laughs> um, I actually just uh, finished The White Knight. It oh, is I've, I've seen the series, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, my gosh. You got to pick it up. Um, I've never, I don't, I don't think I could ever recommend a comic so highly. I was so entertained and I, and it is very wordy and it's, it's heavy with story, but it's, it's just so well done the way that they capture the voice of the basically opposite day Joker and the Batman who is just going into demise. It's basically the Joker he becomes a he loses the craziness and he's just the normal dude that he is. I forget his his real name. Mm-hmm. And he tells Gotham in a very political and professional and factual way how he's messing up Gotham, how Batman is messing up Gotham and how the resources that are being used to fight crime, air quotes, mm-hmm. in Gotham is actually so high that it it like is just to fund like it's it's it doesn't make sense like just the numbers just don't add up why don't why doesn't batman give his awesome cars and technology to the G, the gotham police department so that they can help him fight crime why is he the only one fighting crime like mm-hmm. and i'm just like yeah he's so right wait a second batman so. is very selfish he doesn't like it's weird because we now, especially nowadays, we kind of see him as this guy who's very much a lone wolf and doesn't like help, even though he's historically had Robins. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of play that from you know the death of Jason Todd and he you know the loss of Robins and stuff like that. But ultimately, he he doesn't like to accept help from other people when he when he doesn't have to. And right. I, I agree that that hurts him in the long run. That's kind of like all of the um, the Gotham Rogue Gallery. It like mm-hmm. you know, in this one they really do play on Ivy's loneliness. Har- Harley's very alone. Catwoman's very alone. Like these, they have each other, but they don't at the same time. And I think that plays a lot on because you brought it up earlier. It's like you have sympathy for Ivy. We've got this anti-hero movement and all these stories. We've got Cruella. We've got birds of prey where it's like you sympathize with the with the with the villain and then you start to see all the similarities is just isolation depression from isolation you know feeling Mm -hmm. like an outcast and being kicked out or whatever 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 and that leads to all this violence and it really brings up just like the issue of mental health and what are like what makes them a villain is almost sometimes not always their fault they obviously they perpetuate it and that's on them but it what starts it and what fuels it is is you're like whoa that is so like the joker i mean it's just so messed up you know Uh, it's funny because right as you said that i was thinking so what you're telling me is that gotham is not a good place to live for your mental health (laughs) do not live in gotham guys there are plenty of other places to live (laughs) yes you know go to metropolis that seems like a much more shiny happy place to to live even with lex Luthor running around yeah you got superman dude what like like Batman's like when have you ever seen like Batman rescue a cat out of a tree? Never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't quote me all the comic book, hardcore comic book fans out there. There's probably a comic where Batman is rescuing a cat. But um, anyway, 
I am so glad that we read this comic. Truly. It was so entertaining. And like I said, I could not put it down. I was just so entertained the whole way through. I I was so sure that you were going to like this story. That's why I kept trying to push it on you. I was like, you need to read this. I (laughs) really think you're going to like this story. I love it. I always take your suggestions, though. (laughs) I do always read it. And I do. I'm like, ah. Got me again. I love this one. Oh, you got me again. That's actually, one. that sounds like my wife. My wife has stopped taking my recommendations for books and stuff because <laughs> she's so ticked off that everything I've given her, she's actually really enjoyed and like become obsessed with. And the one story that she really loves that, that she got me to read, I was like, eh, it's okay. Uh, she's like, fine, then I'm not reading any of yours. Oh. Kind of, that's kind of what it is, but that's, that's fair because there's things like I won't play chess or Monopoly with her anymore because she's too good at those games. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I love that. Um, Okay, well, I want to review really quick all the amazing comics that um, you have reviewed here. And I would like to say you were OCD's first, first supporter. First, like, ever. You were there. You were, as soon as we made a Patreon, you were the first Patreon. And you. I know you've tuned into every episode, if not almost every episode. um, And it truly i'm like getting emotional but it truly means so much um that you and i have created such a friendship through this podcast and though you do live far away i did visit you once you did but uh i did you actually live closer to me than my brother does Uh, ah haha adam he loves me more i don't know i don't know if i could drive (laughs) that's not what i said Oh, okay. Well, I was just, no, that's not what you said. Did I just I said take you words live closer Oh, okay. I misunderstood then. My bad. Well, anyway. I appreciate it though. <laughs> no, I true. I truly mean it. Thank you, friend. Um, we're going to, we're going to keep being friends though. This is not the end. Don't worry. Oh, good. I was like, <laughs> oh no. She's, oh no. She's breaking um, up with me right now. No. She's breaking um, okay, the friendship. Okay. So you, yeah, no, don't, don't. It won't happen. So you've reviewed Red Sonia. You reviewed The Invincibles? No, no, no. No. What was it? Serves an eye. The Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. invasion. Whew, the eye. And then you came on here for a horror comics, which was Die. Yep. And then now you're here for Poison Ivy. I think we did a flyer fi- fi- uh, a firefly one, <gasps> we didn't we did. too? We did. We did. Five. Yep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You have been on, what's that, five out of 100? What's that, point? 5%. Five, right, 5%. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Guys, college was a long time ago. Leave me alone. I was a geology major. Um, anyway, I should. if I was a geology major, shit, I should have done that fraction. Anyway, I'm making myself look bad the more I talk. <laughs> John, where can they find you in cyberspace? Uh, if you, you can basically just go to bfopnetwork.com uh, to find um, my... Uh, podcasts sorry i just stumbled there um <laughs> uh, blast from our past podcast and throwback trivia takedown along with uh, all the other ones uh, fantastic nostalgia based podcasts on our network i love it go check him out he, he, he puts on a great show y'all he does they do their research over at blast from our past and uh, it's mostly my brother just, just shouting at me but that's okay <laughs> that's fine you're there you're always there swooping yeah i'm there yeah i love it All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the second to last episode of OCD. You definitely want to turn in, tune in next week because it's going to be a fun one. It's the hundredth episode and it's just going to be me going over my favorite moments of OCD, really closing out the show. I will say that I am glad that I came back to really put closure to it, if not just for maybe myself is maybe it's just mostly for myself, maybe a couple of you out there. I don't know because, um, I don't know. I've just I've I've grown so much as a person through this podcast. Uh, not to get sappy, but I, I really do mean that. Uh, I have found my voice so much through this show, and I OCD will always be a part of me in every single project that I do going forward. And that's the truth. All right, everyone. Uh, I'll see you next time. All right. Say bye, John. Bye, John. <laughs>